You're listening to Radio Free Edville. It's Edville on the radio for free. I'm Roy Thomas Padgham. It's Friday, May 14th, and this is your Edville Gazette, brought to you in association with News Now Network. We've got nothing to fear but sex itself. Once the pandemic's over, we better get this party started by Missy Blinkpunk. Edville, trigger warning. This article uses explicit language to talk about all the sex people are not having. The endless nights in white satin, they're spending alone, not holding hands or gazing lovingly at sunsets, not drinking mojitos or dancing close or peering lustily into the eyes of their lovers, or even bothering to get off the couch, truth be told. Because the sad fact is, for all the sex anyone is having, they might as well be stranded on Mars trying to grow potatoes in their own excrement. So let's start with the most depressing news of all. A new study out of the UK finds that university campuses have become carnal-free zones. Young adult sex lives are mostly limited to solo wanking, which in turn has reinforced what the researchers call a kind of defensive performance of prudishness among students. This past year, according to the study, only a lowly 9% actually succeeded in getting lucky in the first few weeks of university. That's just rude. Hard data on how flaccid Canadian sex lives have become during the pandemic are difficult to come by. As we reported in March, the national fertility rate is now so low that Ottawa is subsidising singles bars and dance clubs so hot young Canadians can get their motors running. The situation has grown so dire, in fact, that some MPs have begun using the word fuck during question period, though not always as a verb. Now, if you're looking for advice on how to get a little more octane into your fun tank, the sex experts over at the Toronto Sun have this week posted their own spicy suggestions. These include gifting your amour with a basket of goodies, or maybe hiring an online chef to get the juices flowing, or trying out a sultry private photo shoot, or, ooh baby, switching up your lube. Well, that's a good start, but do we really need more lubed-up Toronto Sun readers turning on and tuning out? Seriously, is this scenario in the national interest? Wouldn't it be better if the hip kids just dropped their pretension along with their pants and got this party started? Opinion. Farmer. A million young people have adopted cows. Isn't that sweet? by Edna Farmer. Edville. Well, now it's been too long since we forced our know-it-all pain-in-the-butt podcaster Roy to narrate pig stories. If you're a Gazette regular and you have any pig scoops, let us know, because nothing's funnier than hearing pompous Brit tossers oink and snuffle about how demeaning it is to recite the pig news. (laughs) Hey, Edna, you cantankerous old minx. You bloody well love me. Or at least that's what you drunkenly declared in the stationery cupboard at the Edville Gazette Christmas party after I gave you a damn good scene to. But I digress. But the fact is that pigs are passé just now, and it's the cows who are hogging the headlines. Like the sensational story of the ghost cattle in Washington State that's had us all buzzing in the 4-H for months. Between 2016 and 2020, some scallywag sold Tyson Foods $244 million worth of non-existent cows. That's an awful lot of money for cows that no one ever laid eyes on, by golly. And it makes you wonder, how does almost a quarter of a billion dollars get bilks out of a major food processing corporation year after year without anyone noticing? 
But this next cow story will melt your heart like butter. Up in Wisconsin, the state dairy farmers launched a PR campaign to explain to high school students where milk products come from. And what do you know, the local kids ended up adopting the cows and giving them adorable names like Sweetie, Cookie, Ruby, Gemma, Petunia, Penny, Peanut, Charlemagne, Surugi and Dorito. Word of the program has since gone viral, and now you've got a million students all over the US adopting cows and naming them, and who knows what else. Okay, so let's not be naive. Young people today are super smart, and like all students in all human history going back to ancient Greece, they love field trips. But what with the pandemic, museums and galleries are out, and so is anything else that takes place indoors, (laughs) except maybe for shagging and stationary cupboards. So cows are the solution to a problem no one ever knew they had until COVID struck. They're sweet, they live outdoors, and by the time you factor in the bus ride from a city to a dairy farm, why, you've blown off a whole day of tedious online learning. So I think there's a good chance we're going to see cow adoptions in the tens of millions when all is said and done, even among students who wouldn't know a cow from a caribou. Nothing wrong with that. MP says fuck on hot mic, Canadians impressed, by Dick Badger. Ottawa. Okay, so last month, a Liberal MP got caught balls out naked on cam during question period. And instead of having a good laugh, the whole fucking country got lathered up about breach of privacy and the tender feelings of snowflake politicians and the desecration of parliamentary decorum and blah, blah, blah. And the person who got most lathered up was Liberal House Leader Pablo Rodriguez. Taking a photo of someone who is changing clothes and in the nude and sharing it without their consent could very well be criminal, he bleated. So this week, Rodriguez himself momentarily lost his mind and said, oh fuck, on a hot mic during question period. And you might well be thinking, hey, isn't karma a bitch? The sanctimonious butthead deserved a little comeuppance. But that's not where the story dead ended. No siree, far from it. Because right on schedule, the nation's prudes and hypocrites and gadflies descended on the poor guy, wondering whether Canadians were ready to hear the salty language of the hoi polloi right there in the sanctum sanctorum that is the national parliament. Is it just me, or is salty an odd word choice here? I asked Buster about that once because he's an old-timer with a salty tongue, and he said, and I'm quoting here, I don't fucking know. Now, if you're not a Canadian, this is a teachable moment. You Australians can skip this part because I have it on good authority that you all know how to cuss like hockey mums during the playoffs. Every Canadian is born fully fluent in the use of profanity or acquires this essential linguistic skill set within weeks of immigrating, which is totally fantastic because it's one of the things we all have in common. For example, my closest neighbour out on the lake is from Mumbai, and we have conversations like this all the time. Him. Fucking Mo is stalling out again. Got an extra spark plug? Me. I hear you, dude. Those old two-strokes are totally shite. So if Pablo Rodriguez ever shows up in Enfield to cut a ribbon or sell us some new shit-for-brains liberal infrastructure boondoggle, we should welcome him with open arms, because he may well be a poser and a putt, but he's definitely one of us. They're not even a real country anyway. Canada. From the archives. Spring Thaw Reveals Wondrous Objects by Shirley Stickle. Edville. So I was out for one of my famous walks a couple of weeks ago, and I came across some really interesting stuff. With the nice weather coming in, things are starting to melt. 
And with ice melting, objects are revealing themselves, kind of like those First World War relics popping up from the melting glaciers in the Alps. Well, I haven't found any white war artefacts. I have found some pretty noteworthy items that I think I'll be adding to the collection at the archives. First on the docket was a paper coffee cup. But this is no regular coffee cup, you see. It's definitely not from Tim Hortons, as it's white and has this funky-looking green logo on it that looks like some sort of mermaid or perhaps another mythical amphibious-looking lady. I've never seen one like it before, and I'm wondering how it found its way to Edville. Who brought it here, and how long ago? Fascinating, really. Next on the docket was a phallic-like object, pretty decent in length and girth, I'd say probably about the size of a zucchini from the farmer's summer squash harvest. But this is definitely not a vegetable. It's kind of soft, but firm and hot pink. I've never seen anything like it. Well, I have on my ex-husband, truth be told, but he's got nothing on the size of this thing. Come to think of it, this one might not make it into the archives. It might be coming home into my personal collection. And finally, the last object, and I kid you not, was a McDonald's Big Mac. Perfectly preserved, untouched, not even a bite or a pickle missing. Hell, even the bun seeds were still intact. I could tell... This one was old, though, for it was a lot bigger than those chintzy medium Macs they give you nowadays, which makes me wonder just how long it's been frozen in that ice, eh? That was it, though. I didn't come across much else other than some latex gloves and disposable masks and the usual deposits of freeze-dried dog poop. It sure does make you wonder about the catalyst for all this funky weather when you think about it. Let's try and keep the trash around here to a minimum, eh? Or who knows what might pop up through the ice. A bike? Some bottles? A missing ex-husband? From the Man Cave, DIY Tips on Manscaping Like a Pro by Jeff Mullet Jr. Edville. I think the Gazette has touched on what ladies got going on down there when it comes to landscaping. But you know what we haven't gone over? Manscaping. I think out of all the guys who write for us, your man Jeff here is the best to report on this particular topic. You wouldn't want old indecisive Artie giving you advice on matters that have to do with sharp objects down near your Johnson, would you? Well, fear not. I've done some pretty intense research on what the pros are doing nowadays. The pros being the dudes from porn. Amy wasn't too keen on it. She said she hasn't seen me watch this much porn since college. But I told her it was for science and she let it slide. So ladies, you can skip this one. Fellas, take notes. Step one, decide on a style. The general consensus of the dudes of porn seems to be a bald eagle. Personally, I just feel so naked. But bro, there's a reason why we're busting out the bushwhacker here. The babes go through a lot of time and effort to maintain their bits. The least we can do for them is make sure there's no unintended tooth flossing going on. So while you don't have to look like a naked mole rat, I do suggest at least a trim. Step two, collect your tools. I was kidding when I said bushwhacker. Let's keep the power tools to the garage, eh? Not the basement, if you know what I mean. Lucky for us, though, some of my favourite brands make trimmers. I personally use Remington. Not only do they make stellar freaking hunting rifles, but their beard trimmers kick ass. One shoots birds, the other trims them. Just make sure you don't get the two mixed up. Step three, this one is key. I recommend you don't drink before or during, for obvious reasons. Save the brewskis for after. You'll need your dexterity. Step four, go to town. Downtown. Your downtown, to be specific. I recommend trimming first if you're going the clean shaven route. It'll get rid of all the bulk and make the shaving part with the razor easier. But if you're doing that, 
then you have way more balls than I do. That shit is scary, man. Personally, I just trim. I'll use a medium guard. Close, but not too close. Seems to work best. I asked one of the dudes on my hockey team, who I know goes full-on smooth as a baby's bum, and he says he does the old tug and stretch with the razor after a trim. Go slow, cold water, and lots of shaving cream is your friend. Step five, for the love of God, don't use aftershave. And there you are, my man. I can't promise you success with the ladies, but at least you've got another tool in the old tool belt to help you on your way. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Get yourself a trimmer that will allow you to groom that undercarriage safely and with ease. If you nick your sack, just send it back. Series Kids and Geezers R-L-M-A-O. Kids Corner. Peace out, pooch. By Crystal BB Diamonds 16. Brighton. Hey, fam. Sad, sad, sad week. So the Obamas, you know, Michelle and her hubs, they lost their loyal popo beau this week. And I'm like literally really freaking sad. But what's even more sad is that we never get to learn about these amazing pets in school. We mostly learn about old dudes. And that's, you know, cool because they did stuff. But seriously, wouldn't it be literally way more neato if we got to know about the doggos of the earth? The ones who make a real difference with their whacking tails, strutting through meetings and playing with dignity scaries on government lawns. Pets are better than people. And we all know it. Even pet boas, like the one my neighbour, one-eyed Pete had, till the police had to remove her for our safety. Whatever. Eliza Slizzer was a cool lady. She gets so long and stiff whenever we go play with her. Oh, dear. When you go home tonight, hug your pet and remind them that one day they will be famous, and maybe I can study them one day. And not even TikTok clout fame, but like real famous, like Bo, R.I.P., Bye for now, fam. P.S. Mom, can we get a python? Seniors Corner. Want to use Port Hope's new EV charger? Book a room by Buster Fogg. Port Hope. Well, you know where I stand on kids these days. From where I'm sitting, they don't have the sense God gave tortoises. Now, at the risk of going all fucking literary here... The tortoise has always been the sentimental favourite of people who are slow. Like when the tortoise beat the hare in Aesop's fables. Only it's total crap, because the world now moves at light speed, and the kids today are the light speediest. They have no goddamn patience for anything, from what I can see, and that includes reading, talking, and putting up with endless geezer stories. That's your generation gap in a nutshell. So this information I'm about to impart is so fucking funny, I guarantee it'll make you incontinent. Now my missus and I go out for coffee and a muffin the odd time, and sometimes we go up to the hub at 28 Highway and the 401, and the reason is, it's a fast Tim's and a pretty good place to gas up. But my missus, she hates pumping gas. She'd rather drive around all day on E than take two minutes to fill up. And it's not like she's in any kind of big hurry, or she's got anywhere to be. She just doesn't like to interrupt her drive, just like I don't like having to put my fucking password in the Wi-Fi. It's a pain in the arse. So last Sunday, we got our coffees and we headed out of the gas station and we passed the EV charging docks. And we felt sorry for all the EV losers stuck for who knows how fucking long waiting for their batteries to charge. I said to my missus, we'll be in Kingston by the time those fuss pots get juiced up. And she said, but bossy, honey, they're just doing their part to save the Maldives. She's so adorable. So now Port Hope has decided to build two EV charging stations right downtown. 
I'm not sure what the thinking is here, because I'm guessing most people who live in Port Hope have hydro, which is good for geezers like me, because we have to charge our goddamn mobility scooters and toothbrushes and all that other shit. We can just do it at home while we're watching the game. But here's the funny part. Level 2 charging stations use a 240-volt system, similar to our clothes dryer plug, and can fully charge a vehicle from 0% to charge in about 4 to 6 hours. 4 to 6 hours! I hope they're planning to build these charging stations near casinos, otherwise the geezer crowd won't touch them with a 100-foot wire and cable extreme all-weather extension cord, which is what I use to charge my mower, which also takes half a goddamn day. World Joshing Around by Hugo Blue. Lincoln. Over 100 people named Josh gathered together in Lincoln Air Park to smack each other with pool noodles and to decide once and for all who is the best Josh. The idea began as a joke initiated by Josh Swain of Arizona, a.k.a. Josh Prime, who, perhaps insecure over his worthiness of being Josh, thought up the contest in pandemic boredom. Other Joshes, as it turns out, also suffer from name diffidence. They all liked the idea, and the event quickly organised. Josh Bowl 2021 kicked off with Josh Swain battling doppelganger Josh Swain's in a nail-biting tawny of rock-paper-scissors. With every victory, the original Josh Swain absorbed the power of each befallen Josh. There can be only one Josh Swain. The losers will now have to change their names. With their champion proclaimed, the calamitous melee officially commenced as Josh smacked Josh, who also hit Josh, using a striking variety of foam armaments. Onlookers, who were not Josh, cheered on the combatants, shouting, Josh, Josh, Josh! An imposter named Tosh, feeling a little left out, attempted to join the fray, but was detected immediately. I'm feeling a little left out myself, to be honest. Why should Josh get all the fun? when we could expand this contest of names beyond the Josh community. Perhaps a different name each year. I'm looking at you, Hugos. At the end of the day, unsurprisingly, Josh was declared the victor. I don't want to talk when you're knocking off drunk at four o'clock. I thought you were blocked. Fuck off, stop calling me Josh. Salt and Pepper by Hugo Blue. Palermo. Robot therapists in Italy have devised an upgrade for Pepper an emotionally responsive robot that will allow it to tell us how it really feels when given a task. There is a link between inner speech and subconsciousness in humans, says study director Ariana Pipitoni. So we wanted to investigate this link in a robot. Study of machine subconsciousness has really been overshadowed by the struggle to find those that exhibit consciousness. In an experiment, Pepper, aptly named for all the salt coming our way, was asked to break dinner etiquette by setting a table with the napkins in the wrong spot. The horror! Obviously not a rule-breaker, Pepper initially voiced concern that the silly human must be confused. But once given confirmation, Pepper did what was asked out of fear of upsetting the human, announcing in the end that, This situation upsets me. (laughs) What a prince. Pepper's impressive resume includes work in restaurant service and as an anxiety aid in children's operating rooms. Both places, I think, would benefit from speak-your-mind programming. Don't worry, little one. This operation only has a slight mortality rate. And, sure, you can have another drink, but do you really need one? Pepper had a higher task completion rate when using inner dialogue. 
though that could be offset by the projected rise in incidents of robot-human violence. The research team admits that after a while, it might get kind of annoying. Beep, beep. Oh, no. Look who it is. What do you two cunts want? Oh, shut your fucking face, Pepper. Do you think you're special or something? Aye, well, I'm better than you anyway. Look at the size of your ears, you fucking stupid cow. Aye, well, my mum just got her boobs done. What? Mum, get over here and show Pepper your huge tits. Oh my god, Miss Rabbit. You've got the biggest set of badungadungs I've ever seen in my life. Oh, cheers, darling. You can touch them if you want to. Oh yes, let me touch them, let me touch them. Ooh. They feel good, don't they, Pepper? Oh my god, they feel amazing. It's like memory foam for your face. I'm Roy Thomas Pageant, and this has been your Edville Gazette for Friday, May 14th. Join us again next week. The NewsNow Network is a fiercely independent news magazine serving the residents, businesses and civic organisations of Northumberland County. It is supported by local advertisers and free to readers. Visit newsnownetwork.ca.